Are you currently looking for a bookstore that has a great selection of books? Well, Kizzy's Books and More is that bookstore. Visit www.kizzysbooksandmore.com to purchase your next book for our book club. Use coupon code VULGARGENIUS to receive 10% off the subtotal of your first order. This week on the Vulgar Geniuses podcast, we get to sit down with Cree Miles, the culture creator and influencer who has built a life sharing her love of Black literature. As the official curator of Penguin Random House's Instagram account, Always Black, Cree uses creative and innovative ways to celebrate and highlight Black writers. We talked to Cree about her bookstagram origin story, the one thing she will never compromise herself on, and what it is like to be a part of the almighty, infamous Libra Collective. Stay with us on another episode of the Vulgar Geniuses Podcast. everybody welcome back to another episode of the vulgar geniuses podcast we are your hosts my name is denny and i am veronica she can't say (laughs) (laughs) it's because i am just so overjoyed by our guest today um we have a wonderful brilliant guest on our show uh for our black history month feature this february um, it is such an honor to introduce you all to Cree Miles. Cree Miles is an American influencer, writer, and organizer living in Milwaukee. She is the creator and manager of Always Black on Instagram, and we are so overjoyed to be able to welcome you on our show. How are you doing, Miss Cree? Good, I'm good. Putting American in front of influencer is so dramatic. <laughs> what, like, <laughs> that's a dramatic bio shout out to Rochelle um, for sending that over that's great <laughs> you know when I first read your bio I said the same thing American if right American like what okay like look at her go it's true just for our international yeah. listeners who yes. might not know where you're coming from shout out to true. Sweden <laughs> yes Sweden exactly exactly so we like to do, uh, you know, a few questions to get the conversation joints loosened up before we dive in into the real deal, Holy Field. So I'm going to pass it off to Denny and she's going to take you through that. Sounds good? Yes. All so right. we have some, a little bit of fun questions. So Cree has brought a lot to the table, but in 50 years, when white people search for Emily Dickinson and your name comes up. What do you hope to be the first link that they would see? <laughs> oh, I've thought about this because I picked the name Black Emily Dickinson as like a troll. Um, and I hope that it's something with a lot of racial slurs. Like, I just hope that they look it up and they think they're reading. They're about to like read one of her recluse. At- I mean, and Emily was writing like shout out to Emily. She 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 bits of poetry but I really just hope it's like one of my word of the weeks or like the cypher when I ended it with I'm you are vulgar geniuses so I can swear right oh yes for okay 
So if like if if it can be the cipher when I end with nigga, you don't read. I would love if like it's just like this, like this eighty year old white woman who's like, oh my god, that would be so satisfying. I love that. I love it. Yes, we're speaking it into existence. I can't wait. I hope I live long enough to see that. Mm -hmm. Mark mark this day. Mark this day. Twenty twenty three. Yes. Okay. When oh not working, creating, or mommying, what else is Cree Mouse bu busy with? Yeah. So I ran track in high school, had me in a chokehold, like consumed my, it was my identity. And I just kind of let it go because I'm really, I was like, I couldn't went like D2, but I'm really competitive. And so if I couldn't go D1, I didn't want to go. Um, and so I just like left it behind me. But my oldest started running again. And it has me in a chokehold. Like I can't, I was, I'm like coaching the 10 and under team. I'm watching track videos in my spare time. I'm reading like coaching manual, like how to be a better, I love, I feel so basic for how much I love this sport. <laughs> like I can't even, cause you know how like sports people are there. And I'm like, I know I'm well read and I'm, I have nuance, but I'm like, I love them and I just so that's what I, I spend a lot of time at track practice it's an AAU team they practice three days a week and there's meets every other weekend that's what I spend mm. a lot of my time doing right now okay we're gonna we're gonna find Cree out on the on the track field right Coach there. <laughs> <laughs> do they call you it. Coach Cree or do they call you Coach Miles or they call the everybody calls me Coach Cree so yeah, I was like, I literally, when I found that I was pregnant, the first thing I said was, will I be able to coach outdoor season? And my husband was like, can you focus for like two <laughs> seconds? So yeah, I love it. I love it so much. But yeah, that's a valid concern because, you know, pregnancy, you don't know where you're going in this journey. So, know. you know, you can't give up the love that she just all rekindled with with that's a right. new love that's in your in your body yes there, yeah. there needs to that be that baby can embrace it as well i'm mm -hmm. sure they're running running track and field in your tummy right now right constantly working on their form i like dropping their head keeping their shoulders down and go go be at the gonna be at practice with me in a little bassinet that's what i've decided there we yes. go <laughs> so speaking of the baby what do you think would be the first book that you would want to read to the baby? Ooh. Oh my God. Um, Undefeated? Is that Kwame mm -hmm. Alexander? Mm -hmm. That book, like, I don't know what the recipe is for a masterful children's book, but it's masterful. Like it's every I, I it's like I've never read it before. And every time I get to that certain page where it's like, and for the ones who chose the sea or whatever. I always am like, oh my God. Like every, so the buildup is just perfect. And it's a, per I feel like it's a really healthy, like um, introduction to black history. Cause you don't want to like overwhelm a baby with all of the horror mm -hmm. that their ancestors experienced. Um, you really want to balance it with like, this was the shitty stuff that was happening and look what they did. Right. Like I really, so I really like that about that book. Oh, that's a good start right there. Um, th this question is from a friend. I let her ask her this question. <laughs> well, since you had already brought up your your track and field, you know, I yeah. have been um all up in your <laughs> stories. It is a, it is a delight of mine to see you rekindle this love for running because you know, 
Olympic season, Denny could tell you, like, I'm there. That's the only time, like, I really truly feel like I'm an American, you know, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm rooting for us. Um, so since you are now a track and field gold medalist, because those who don't know, know, if, if, if you know, you know, but for those who don't know, um, Cree ran a race and I could, I was trying to figure out if it was last year or the year before last, was it last year? Okay. It was last year. So, um, you ran a race. Gold. And, um, you know, you, 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 you did that, you did what needed to be done. And so now you're taking a, a gap year of your, of your personal racing, uh, to train these young <laughs> ones. Um, and as you prepare for your upcoming birth, but we want to know, will you be competing in the following year races? And if so, will you sport like Flojo inspired nails with images of your favorite riders on them? Oh my God. Yes. You just took it to a whole nother. Cause let me tell you, I had, like I said, hadn't run in forever. Was still, Nat is three, but was still also like working off like the body, the weight of giving birth. Cause like my first baby I had when I was 20. So I had him and then it was boop and just arrogantly thought that was going to happen again. And it was like, no, bitch, it's 10 years later. Like, you have a different body. So, like, I'm like, oh, so I have to, like, watch what I'm eating. And, like, so I was, like, doing the workouts that the kids were doing, except not with them around because, again, I'm self-conscious and they are, like, nationally ranked and I'm 32. So I was, like, I just, like, would get up in the morning and do the workout, et cetera. But when I ran that race last year, I was, like, I just, I literally wrote in my journal, I made a vow to myself, I am going to sprint until I need a hip replacement or until my knee snaps because it feel, I love it so much. So actually my oldest father and I, cause he is an all American. Like he tried out for the Olympics and everything. Um, we made a vow that when we turned 35, we're going to enter the masters and um, both train for the 200. And you mentioned Flojo, my track kids, I all gave them nail polish for Christmas in oh. honor of Flojo and was like, this is the pageantry and history of track and field. Like she is one of the best who ever did it. Look her up, blah, blah, blah. And they came back and was like, the, the videos were grainy. And I was like, it was the eighties. And they were like, what's that? So it was, that was the whole thing. <laughs> but, but, um, I would totally like with quote, I don't even think I need quotes. I just need, cause like my mood board is full of like Alice and Audrey and Tony. I don't even have a runner on there at this point because I mean, excellent art, be it in the sports arena or the literary arena is just like elite, excellent art, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I am totally married to that idea. I would love to have Tony Morrison on my nails all the time. Yes. That would be totally badass. Yes. Oh my God. That, that yes. Would be badass. Yes. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out which picture. <laughs> <sighs> Do a different so one good. on each one. Like, on my yes. every other. That'll be, yep. yes. Loaded, period. We'll be waiting. We'll be waiting. <laughs> and, and and this is also from, from a friend. <laughs> uh, so every month, the Always Black uh, Bookstagram account posts a pictorial tribute to the ruling zodiac sign for the authors in those in those photos and so you are a part of the infamous always imitated but never duplicated libra gang gang this is the trifecta right here what do you, you love most yes about being in this chosen constellation 
September 24th. October 5th. Uh, what's good? I mean, books are in our name. We, we give not. everyone art, the culture. Yes. So what is it for we, you we, to be a part of? elevate it. To be Libra. I am so, listen, this is, a, this is taking this conversation to a whole nother level because y'all gonna get all of it. First off, let me start by saying the Libra, the Libra commitment to the aesthetic, like you yes. work real hard to bring it. And then uh, like, now people are DMing me, asking me where my phone case is from. And I tell them, but there's like different colors. So don't mm -hmm. get a yellow one, but they do. And then they yeah. post it and they're like, oh, thank I would have never found this without Korean. Um, like I worked really hard to find that, but it's fine. Um, and I, I mean, we have Bell Hooks, we have Ann Petrie, um, Tanahasi's a Libra, Roxanne Gay's a Libra. Yes. Um, yes. yeah, I guess it's just like that whole like rumor that we avoid conflict. I just don't where like even the people that i just listed i'm like all they, they do is start shit all they, they do yes they so do. that's what i i like that people still like us <laughs> i remember this girl in high school we, she was like storming out of my car and she was like you know what your problem is i was like what she's like you say anything to people and they still like you and i was like is that a problem like yeah. i don't like <laughs> that is just our truth as Libras. I don't know. We are the messengers. I don't know who gave us that task, but we can literally say damn near anything. Between the world and me, got all them telling all those white people all, and they're like, "Yes, thank you." And he's like, "I'm dragging y'all to hell," but no problem. No problem. Yeah, yeah. I it's love that it. charm. It's that charm. It's the superpower. Mm. Oh my god, that is so funny. Uh, yeah. it is a blessing it is definitely a blessing never it's a so curse fun. It's people so will fun. never know never they will never never know oh. but you know at least we know yes <laughs> right another a libra knows when a libra is actually shady yeah but everybody else will be like um I we weren't but it was it's fine it's it's okay yeah it's okay next time <laughs> <laughs> try again <laughs> so Clearly, we can tell from your zest for reading that books have been a major part of your life for a long time. How did you realize that Instagram could be taken from a place of just putting your favorite selfies to a platform that pushes the importance of reading books written by Black writers? Um, Again, connected to the fact, like I really, because I ran and like sprinted, I I'm really good at occasionally seeing things as just cut and dry because like mm. in track there's just like you won or you didn't this was the time and these were the times mm. and so when I um, started taking social media really ser um, seriously it was really easy to just approach it as a numbers game mm. like oh all I have to do is track this let me try this and see if this gains traction and then like the book influencing landscape was just so vanilla I was like this is too like this is too easy I don't even have to I just have to be myself which I mean I went back and forth on a little bit because I mean it's not politically correct but then like that was 
coming to terms with the fact that like blackness is never viewed as politically correct when mm. it's like living authentically. So I'm just going to have to show up and whoever comes comes. And um, I just, I just got really methodical about it. And it was easy because it was like the, I had just read the bluest eye. So it wasn't even like I'm I'm trying to push stuff that isn't even important to me. It's like I'm still dying on the hill that everybody and their mama needs to read the bluest eye. Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing what you're doing on on Instagram? I started. I think my first review was like in 2016, and it was like my original goal back then was to like condense like my because my first review was the bluest eye, and I was trying to keep it to like 60 seconds. So I was like, if I can hold people's attention for 60 seconds, then they will catch on. But then eventually people were saying, like, you can slow down. We really want to understand, like, what you're getting at and the nuance of everything. So then I mixed that up a little. And then I had the idea of word of the week in, like, 2019 because I I shot that word of the week. My first word of the week I shot at, like, 1230 at night because Nat had just went to sleep. And I was, like, just committed to getting it out. And, um. I think yeah I think that was I think that was it and it wasn't even like intentionally black literature it was just the stuff that like got me going mm-hmm. and it was black literature so it was that's just how that's just how it started the firepower of it all so mm-hmm. you know like this bookstagram community thing is is amazing to me and so when you when one looks at your record as a promoter of not just literature but one who advocates for Black voices to be heard, we automatically see this. And all that you do goes beyond surface level. You aren't just doing this for show and you aren't just doing this alone. You've created bonds with the likes of bookstagrammers such as Crystal from Melanated Reader and Achille and Reggie of Pop Books Are Pop Culture and Tracy from The Stack Podcast. All of these people you have and continue to collaborate with in this space feels like you all are collectively buying the block on Instagram and beyond. What does all of that mean for you? Um, I think sometimes I think about how cool like you all are talking about like in 50 years, if a white person looks me up. I think it would be just so dope that if in a hundred years, if like my great grandchild looked me up mm. and was like, and she was pushing these books. And because, you know, the people that I'm pushing, Alice and Tony and Audrey and Zora are, are immortal already. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me to be connected to that legacy is, I, I have, I literally could not ask for anything else. I, I like to create all types of things, um, but it the the sincere liberation that I have gotten from reading mm-hmm. the goats is it's not a performance. It was it was really like I was in a really shitty job. I was the only black person, and I everyone was like telling me I should be grateful because I had like I had a three year old, so I was able to secure this um, salary job with like benefits and stuff. So why are you complaining? And it was literally like reading their eyes are watching God where it was like, you don't, you get to pick what, just like Janie got to pick, you get to pick. Right. And um, it was just liberating. Like it was, li- and to know like under the circumstances also that these black women were doing this under, like Tony was a single mom writing beloved. That's crazy that mm. she was right like under those and that Zora was by herself and like died penniless and Audrey like, 
was married to some fuckboy and then she mm-hmm. left him and found a woman that she fell in love with and still raised her kids. It was like, they didn't even just write about it. They were, they lived this life mm-hmm. and look at all the beautiful things that they were able to create just because they stood in their truth. So I was just like, I got to do that. Mm-hmm. Me too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That was so empowering to hear. Cause like, you know, you think, it's the end of end all of be all of stuff because then you get that paycheck and you think, yeah, you know, why are we complaining? Especially when women become mothers, we think it's the end of the line. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't like I'm like it's be, it becomes self-limiting. You want to live in that box because then you're so mm-hmm. afraid of making a mistake and yes. then the world judging you, you know, because like, you know, there's a this you should be you should be concentrating in this child and not yourself anymore right and you, know, uh, you don't even exist anymore right. it's just like you're just a mother yeah. um and yeah that doesn't have to be true yeah especially right. for women of color it's the the judgment is real and it's harsh and it's mm-hmm. very painful mm-hmm. 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 so bringing back to a little lighter note for those who don't know and for those that are living under a rock um <laughs> Or just the people that are curious to know, um, can you please um, talk about Always Black and how this creation supported, to me, what is your like life mission, right? To amplify yeah. Black voices, maybe even going above and beyond the literary scene. Yeah, so I, it was like, it was before the pandemic, I wanted to do um, a virtual readathon to honor Toni Morrison. Mm-hmm. And um, I reached out to Bellatrice. Kara Price is the one who does that with Emma Roberts. So I reached out to Kara because we were already in community. Because that, that's where I just take my big ideas because she can like clear paths. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hey, I'm thinking about this thing. How do you feel? And she's like, oh, no, cool. And then we like never talked about it again, really. And then 2020 happened. And the summer 2020 happened, the uprising, and Kara texted me, and she was like, literally, the world is yours. So do you want to do this? Like, this would, like, let's do it. And so we're talking through ideas, and then she was like, we should talk to Penguin because they own Tony's, like, collection. So, I mean, we should get them involved if they're interested. And I pitched it to them, and it was so wild. It was just like, you know, hashtag publishing so white. So it's like eight people. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, telling them this idea, and they're like, like um, <laughs> um yeah and then they'll do this and there'll be songs and there'll be giveaways and they're like okay and so um they said yes and it was cool we were working towards it we were trying to do it on the one year anniversary of Toni Morrison's death um but then her son caught wind of it Ford and because it was at, it was originally called Tony-thon and he was like, what the hell are y'all doing? Like, I guess, I don't think he messes with the publishing house, which, duh. Like, why would you know? So they were like, well, it's really not us. It's this um, girl who just loves your mom's work. And da, da, da. And he was like, I hate it. Like, no, don't do it. I was like, okay, cool. So then we, like, reworked it. We renamed it to Black Like We Never Left. And we pushed it to January, like, right before. Because I didn't want it to, like, be during Black History Month. I just wanted it to be like, you can start off your year reading Tony, you can read Tony year round. Um, and I guess the numbers were just off the charts for that week. Mm-hmm. It was just the perfect storm because people were still at home. Um, 
I had, we had, I had time. Cause like my job, I was at home working and I was like only working half days. And um, when Ta-Nehisi agreed to go live with me, we all were like, what, how? Like, it was just like, so all that happened. And then like just a few months later, they were like, yeah, we've been really thinking about this initiative and just shout out to whenever you put black or brown women in the room because honestly the reason always black exists is because of penguin's cmo who is a black woman sanyu and so they had a briefing i guess after the readathon and she was like why did it go so well and they were like cree and they were like well pay her and bring her here Mm -hmm. and so it was so that's how it happened and um it's been it's like been a true adventure because like Penguin is super committed to um like clearing paths for me and like um making everything as uncomplicated as possible, but they're a corporation, so it still just be complicated sometimes. And so I just yes. like dog, what but um we've gotten I think we've gotten into a really good groove and um I just every I tell creatives all the time now that I have worked with a billion dollar corporation that nothing on this planet earth will ever replace a team mm-hmm. like i there is a whole a design team i don't d- ever design anything i just like send i just like spout off ideas and then they're like okay hey, got it and come back and we all know as like influencers and instagrammers and tiktokers what it is to like have to do it all from the ground up yeah. and so um it's just it's invaluable and I um I'm really grateful and also like recognize that like as you mentioned Akili and Reggie and Crystal and Tracy like this could have been anyone so like Mm -hmm. it's also just like I don't I don't feel special I just am like the one who got to do this but anybody could have done this Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah it's such a cool thing all together yes Um, it was so dope yeah because i i have been trying for the longest especially since we booked this interview of trying to figure out exactly at what point that we started to follow you and i honestly Mm -hmm. i just feel like you have always been (laughs) there (laughs) um and i just can't i know it was like a little bit right before the pandemic started but to be Mm -hmm. able to see what has happened over these last few years is just amazing for every you know just to watch everybody and you know what it is that you all are bringing to to the table and it really truly means a lot and so you know within doing our our research it took me back I was able to find some articles some write-ups and things about you yes and one uh that really I really truly enjoyed listening and reading was your profile uh, of This Is Milwaukee, which they covered more than 100 Milwaukeeans between 2019 and 2020. And you spoke about how reading is a practice in empathy. Will you expound more upon this thought and talk about what one gains when reading books that do not center around the white gaze? Oh, yeah. And you know, I can say, since that interview was taken, I have, because I think I used to have pie in the sky dream, like dreams. Like if, if everyone read Audre Lorde, the transformation of um, silence into language and power, you would just be liberated. Mm. Um, but 
people still need therapy. So we start there. Because I have dealt with some really prolific readers who are still assholes. So that matters. But if you do have the wherewithal and like the clear brain to enter into somebody else's world, um, it just makes dealing with people day to day so different. Like it just like, I don't even know... It was like, okay, so I read Undocumented Americans mm-hmm. and um, Kyla's talking about the Undocumented Americans who died helping during 9-11 who literally will never, their, whose names will never see the light of day mm-hmm. because they were undocumented. I had never fucking considered that. Like I had, cause you know, I'm, and so now when I like, when I think about the different obstacles that oppressed people have to um go through because just like being poor and black or brown is just so fucking complicated for no reason I just I it's it just makes me I'm just gentler with people all the time like no matter what and um I I just wish that people could get unprogrammed because there there are people around me who like or I'm like in this black girls on look in luxury group on Facebook and they're like, people are poor because no, I don't mm. even know how you're going to finish that sentence, but it's mm-hmm. wrong. <laughs> people are poor because of systematic oppression placed upon them. That's right, literally, right. that's literally it. So it, um, it's really, it's just cha- like, I know that like my light source are the the authors and writers that I mentioned before. Like that's where I get a lot of my energy from, et cetera. But um, Kathy Park Hong changed my life. Like minor feelings changed my life. Um, and so it's just, it's, I don't know why if you have access to all of these different writers who are so brilliant, brilliant, why you would like even limit yourself to I, and I under, I respect and understand that like people read to escape, but especially when I'm thinking about white people, like what are you escaping from? Can mm-hmm. you please just pick up um, like the other shit that people who don't look like you write to just try a little harder to not be insufferable when we're around you, please? Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I love it. I, and I don't know, it's the only medium where you get like an intimate access inside of people's brains. Even yeah. if I watch a movie by a Korean director, um, I don't know what the people are thinking while they're like acting out the scene. But when you're in the book, you know exactly what people are thinking and you know right. exactly why they're thinking it. And I don't get it in any other medium. Yeah, I, I totally agree yes. with you wholeheartedly. I, All the points. Oh yeah, because <laughs> like with us, you know, we we decided that we were going to uh, expand our 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 breadth of reading to reading all BIPOC uh, people, right? And so, yeah, yeah. I think for me, I know for me is that I gained the same sentiment that you were saying of like getting more of an insight outside of my world because I know my world like right back and forth up and down i know yes. about this yeah but that exchange of the knowledge of like look this is how we all out here being oppressed 
and depressed and it's and and ways of finding liberation in all of those avenues in which we can find out everybody's story from different you know worlds and how it relates to us and how we and it always boggles my mind when I see people saying the most asinine shit you're just like how How do you wake up and come out of the house talking like you do if it knowing and maybe you don't because you choose not to. And yes. I don't know how people can continue yes. to live in that ignorance of not knowing. But if they yeah. just pick up a book. Listen, I I was, I worked at, like I was in a community, like a nonprofit I worked at in Milwaukee. And it was for black and brown people. Everybody on the staff was black or brown, except for there was one white girl, Kendall. Um, and Shout out to Kendall. <laughs> shout out to Kendall Holland down. Kendall was a real one. Like I'm not, Kendall was a real one. Um, but like the like the obsession around not only identity politics, but like the the race to the bottom as far mm-hmm. as like who was the most oppressed um, that happened so often where the organization was just dysfunctional because of that mm-hmm. was literally because people just didn't read. Like mm-hmm. you would just you would be able to hold more space for all of the experiences that people are talking about if you took the time to learn where they were coming from and right. like it because you know there's an undocumented person on on in our team and they might feel slighted because we're centering the black experience too much you don't read nothing about the black experience mm. so now you feel some type of way because etc and so ugh, it was it was a slippery slope so glad i'm out of that mess <laughs> but um yeah it's dog Identity has us in a chokehold and it's super important. Like I think about all the nuances that I know because I'm black that you just would not know if you were not black. And right. even just like, um, like my grandma's from Mississippi black, like, like I'm that type of black. Mm. And so me knowing all the nuances of this culture, how dare I not as- assume that every other culture would have that same amount of nuance right you know right so I don't know and I think it's more painful when we go against each other it's because like if we only look at each other in the face and like hold space and accept each other black people would have been gone for so long so long so long so long so many of us so So many so many so many we just need to have a group to come together yes. i don't know what we need to do i don't yes. know either. you know but if you read though you would realize that and i think that's the most frustrating thing to me yeah and mm-hmm. you know going back to what you said earlier you know like white people that don't read i think that it's willful ignorance because they'd be like i can't relate to this character blah 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 that's yeah. always their first line and I think that it's willful ignorance. You choose not to. Mm-hmm. And how mm-hmm. like sometimes even people of color choose not to, mm-hmm. you know, cross that line and be like, oh, yeah, let me sit here and actually be with you instead of like, yeah, let's let's race. Let's race down to, the, you know, who got hurt yes. the most. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody got everybody. hurt. <laughs> so when you when you first starting this initiative, um of having people read and raise awareness about mm-hmm. uh, authors of color, but specifically with black authors. Was ever there a moment of like self-doubt and you're like, oh my goodness, like, you know, did you ever felt hopeless or you're like, fuck, 
I don't know. I don't know if this is. Oh, I mean, if this is gonna. Yeah, I mean, I did. I knew that I was coming into the space with a mission. I knew that I wanted um, to do it full time, mm -hmm. and um, I knew that that sounded absolutely insane to people like my mother because I had no previous examples of anyone who had done that. So um, it was. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was oh my god I sound like Drake literally living in my parents basement and like I would go substitute <laughs> go like substitute teach during the day like that's how I made money and then I would just I would put Ethan was little I would put him to sleep and then I would just like stay on the schedule of like I would read either all that night or I would record that night and then edit and then upload um, and yeah, like I was terrified a bunch of times because the path is dark as fuck. I don't know where I'm going. Also, I'm just, I'm reading black shit. I don't see nothing black on the internet. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know who's going to like this, but then I was went just like, but this feels so right. Like what else? Mm. I don't know what else. I don't know what else I would do. And it just, I just like see the opening. So if I just like spend time, I know something will happen. And um, that's how, that that's how it, that's just how it went. I don't know. I, I was just hopeful and I worked really hard and was just also lucky. Mm -hmm. Right. So how do you balance it all? Like your work-life balance? Because we, you know, we see, we see your life in there. <laughs> your face. Her face. I'm like, how do you ask a mom a work-life balance? My answer to me, to to you, if you ask me, I'm like, what work-life balance? You crazy? work-life balance? Well, I mean, I'm married to a cancer. Um, so he's just a very nurturing human being. I'm still, like, raised under the cis-het tradition. So, like, that is not absent. But just a very present dad. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I literally, I don't know how I would get things done if he wasn't here mm -hmm. and um, daycare, the fuck, like, I don't know how I was getting, I tried, I kept Nat home as long as I could. He went to daycare in January and he turned three in April. So like, that's how long I kept him home. Um, But it was just treacherous trying to get anything done. And I was like losing hair because of mm -hmm. how anxious I was because it was absolutely impossible to do anything. And I homeschooled my oldest. And that was a journey because originally we joined a collective, but it was entirely too demanding for what I needed to accomplish. And actually like the homeschool philosophy that I was trying to instill on my child, which was really like, I'm going to take all the distracting shit, fall in love with something healthy. Mm. So that was, and so this year was like the year or no. Yeah. This year was the year that I feel like we really got our feet under us. It's been a year because Nat's been in daycare since last January. So like, it's been a year of our feet under us in like a healthy, sustainable way. Um, honestly, my advice right now, is people just keep popping up at my door because everybody knows where I live and then will like come in and like try and talk or like have lunch and talk to me. And I think because I'm sitting here, 
that I'm not doing anything, <laughs> but like I'm either reading or like, you know, the creative process involves so much just quiet. You just need to right. sit and like just let stuff just float around you. And so uh, I've been trying, if y'all also as Libras have any tips on how to not offend people, but be like, please stop showing the fuck up at my um, door. I need help. Uh, I, can't. I, I have no tip for that. I, all I can tell you is me, I just stopped answering. I don't have a door for anybody to show up on. I just, I just have a phone that I just don't answer. Let me, let me, let me tell you a little secret. <laughs> Hopefully they're not listening to this. When Veronica, when, no, it's not, a, it's Veronica's tea. When she okay. is talking to people on the phone, she'd be like, Denny, can you like yell and be like, act like you need something so I can get off of this phone and read. So I'll be like making a fuss, I'm like bam, 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 bam. <laughs> Veronica, I need help. I need help. Bam, 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 bam. And she's like, ooh, ooh, I gotta go. I gotta go. Then he needs my help. I whole- swear they one day they're gonna catch on. Whole production. They just gonna be like, you always need help every time <laughs> I call. But I will literally, I'm not the talker. Like they're the talker. So I don't know what to tell you about how to get the people away, but to avoid. And I think maybe that's where the Libra like non-confrontational thing happens. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, I don't want to hurt your feelings and say like, I don't want to talk to you right now. Yes. Like I want to talk to you, but not right now because I need to read five books before tomorrow. So right. And then it's like, I can't ever actually talk to you. Like I, I need like, I am rooting for you. I want everything for you that you want for you. I can't hold space for it though. Right. right. I literally, I don't even until fall. I gotta give birth, like respectfully. Mm-hmm. But I'm ooh, I love you so much. Sending vibes. Yes. I'll drop a card in the mail. I don't know. I think I need another curtain. I think I need some blackout curtains. I was literally gonna price those out. Cause then oh. they just come to the door, it'll just, just disappear. Okay. Like yeah, sweetness at the door. Not yes. Do you want to know Christ? <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch that new season of Real Housewives? Like, no, I don't have oh time. God, that's how no, no, I'm reading. No, <laughs> oh, I know. So, uh, let's talk about the the children of Morrison and Baldwin for a second. Uh, mm. Robert Jones Jr., Kiese Layman, Disha Filial are just a few and and Ooh. and three of our favorite writers that we've had the pleasure to share an hour with in conversation for someone like you who is and always will be ride or die for the Toni Morrison what mm-hmm. is it to be friends of writers that we all know have brought our generation into this new wave of writing and an understanding that gatekeeping will not be tolerated in literature oh it's just the highest honor. I don't even like I feel cool as fuck. Yes. And I I really one of my favorite things about Tony Morrison is like I'd be trying to explain that like my grandma lives in Mississippi. She mm. lives all she's eighty two. She all everybody she lives around is family because it's like the brothers, her dad and everybody's dad just left acres to people. So it's like cousin Benny and blah blah blah, and she'd be like, "Creepy reading Toni Morrison," and then they all every they all know who that is. That's their peer, so they get excited, and it adds value to what I do. 
a lot of times I'm not sure people understand how radical Tony was. They just mm-hmm. like know that she was a genius and like etc. But um, it's that yeah universal like the across generations moment of Tony, and then the writers that she like christened underneath her, and even the ones that she didn't really have a chance to christen, but like we know what's up. Um, it's they're the greatest writers on the planet, right? Like Robert Jones Jr. is one of the greatest writers on the planet and he talks to us. What? Yes. That's great. Like that's what like, is life? That what is life? That's literally the equivalent of like Jasmine Sullivan talking to me. Like as right. like the greatest vocalist on the planet. It's so it's I just oh, it's amazing. And it's wild how um universal blackness is and that even if I'm talking to like a MacArthur genius winner you just still like black like it's just mm. like with the same and I um yeah it's just an honor I don't I and I I really do like the lack I don't know I always wonder how white book influencing like how that community operates because we really do be holding each other down over oh, here yes. so hard like and it's like it just even within like the petty little drama it's like oh Dante's book came out say less like this is what we and even in the books that I've read that I haven't been crazy about it's just like the fact that this thing exists is a miracle so Mm -hmm. I'm not even I'm not about to like offer criticism right now even Mm -hmm. though like Wesley Morris argument is always like black art a part of like accepting it is like also criticizing it but, but I guess as a Libra, that's not my truth. I'm just yes. going to like, I'm pushing it out. I'm happy that it's here. And um, maybe once we get to a 50-50 mark in publishing, um, then maybe I'll start criticizing some stuff. But for now, just like publish it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's how we feel too. Because, you know, sometimes when we be reading stuff, so, you know, we read a lot, we talk to people a lot. We still mm-hmm. like, but we got to give everybody a chance because our chance is like this little and their chance is like half of the entire world and you know the white the white bookstagram book talk we don't know her so never seen her never met her never never met her (laughs) um you know to that woman (laughs) yes so you know like this is all we know and we love it here yeah so we got we gotta keep pushing for us yeah because who else would do it it reminds mm-hmm, yeah. me of we spoke to the authors of Rise and Jeff Yang, uh, who he wrote a critical uh, article in regards to Margaret Cho when she uh, re- had her first television show and on TV, and he talked about how bad it was, and mm. and then her show got canceled, and they had a conversation about it of like you know you you were in a place of being able to uplift a show and you did it and I lost my show. And even then, mm-hmm. you know, even after that conversation that they had together, she goes on to say, she was like, yeah, you know, I understand where he was coming from with the with the criticism and it, you know, it made sense. But at the time mm-hmm. it was just so upsetting to have lost my show. And he mm-hmm. even like takes it to heart of saying mm-hmm. like, I shouldn't have written it or at least mm-hmm. not in that way. And so it's one of those things when we're talking about these works that, yeah, that that book might not have been that best, 
you know we've it's, read better it's not tony morrison yeah. it's not tony it's morrison not tony. you know yeah. it ain't even yeah. tony jenkins you know it's like <laughs> but we want it to be there you know yes. what i'm saying it's like it's okay. it it feels some kind of way when i go into dollar tree and i see the book section and i'm like what does that feel like if you took so much time to write a yeah. book to find your book in dollar yes. tree like you know yes. yeah so, you know, I, I, I want everybody to succeed and I know everybody can't go to the highest heights and get mm -hmm. all the accolades, but if they can just find a place and it not be, you know, where people are like, well, I don't know if we can really fit that into what it is. Right. I don't know if there's a readership. Exactly. Yeah. We'll always read it. Don't worry. Right. No right. matter what. Mm -hmm. So we, we went back. I went back to your first Instagram post. You were right. It was 2016. You were uh, wearing yeah. this pink shirt that said average black girl. Your caption was, I rehearsed for two hours to go sing jazz standards to little first graders. I'm the room parent for Ethan's class. I draw pics of dicks in my journal. There are no <laughs> I rules. I do. Yes. There are no rules. First of all, the vulgar geniuses don't think that you are average. Second of all, <laughs> we firmly believe that you do create your own rules. So when talking about your work and when you're creating your work, is there something that you wouldn't compromise on? Oh, yeah. Um, I can't. I can't water down the black, mm. you know. Like that, I will water down a review, just like we said, because I don't, I don't know what it's like to write a book. So I'm not about yes. to hurt your feelings. Um, but I'm not about to not show up as like my full, like irreverent black self, which is also like, that's not every day. I think about like that quote in Tar Baby when um, it was like, Janine was like, I mean, sometimes I want to be a black girl and sometimes I just want to be Janine. And I was, right. and I'm like, same. So like, yeah, sometimes I'm showing up and I just listened to Paper Trail. And so now I'm on 10 and I'm going to be like extra loud and ridiculous. But sometimes I show up and I'm like, act like watched the, um, just was like watching a stupid Netflix show and I'm just going to show up like in that space. And so just kind of always giving myself permission to be a full human and not like a caricature because I'm not like I wasn't born last night. So I know a part of the reason that Penguin put me in front is so that they can say, like, look who is making this. This right, is not right. us doing. This. So I get that. Um, but if you are going to put my face on it, then it ha I have to then I have to be the one who made it. So even like last year in the cipher when they were like, try and keep it clean. And I was like, a rap cipher? <laughs> Am I Will Smith? No, 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 no. So, so the other rappers like followed directions, but I was like, no, I need one good clean moment where they're going to have to come to terms with whether or not they're going to push this out. So I really do try to hold their feet to the fire as much as I can. And recognize like the Venn diagram of like, I'm comfortable doing that. I mean, because I grew up middle class and like have never 
I'm never worried about money for real. So I recognize that because my husband and I have had conversations like that. He's like, you're going to lose the contract. And I was like, fuck them in this car. Like, I don't like, you know. And he's like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and so I recognize that, like, I, I try to hold space for the fact that I move like that because I've had the net of my parents my whole life. But I, I count it as, like, a resource. Like it's a privilege. I see it as a privilege and I'm also going to see it as a resource. This is another reason why I don't have to compromise. And so I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's what I try. That's what I try hard to do. Um, it's not always perfect because sometimes I'm scared, but mostly I'm not. Mm. Thank you for not compromising. That was really nice to hear. Cause I'm like, you know, when I would see your content, I'm like, She's doing it. And when you talked about that cipher, because I listened to it over and over again, I'm like, she did this. Cause like this is the content before Penguin. Like this is this is her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly. just like, you know, at least there's one real out there. And that is you. So thank you. And she got receipts, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't challenge a Libra because we would show you everything. So many receipts all the time. It's problematic. Yes. We live, we live by You'd be it. like, come do these taxes. Did <laughs> <laughs> got receipts. Yes. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> so if Veronica has a favorite interview, I think this is my favorite thing that about you. Seven years ago, May of 2016, Baby Cree was talking to Milwaukee Independent. And they were, <gasps> you are so cute. Let me let me tell you why you were talking about transcending an identity, your personal relationship with your ancestors, your love for music. To me, I was like, that's why I asked Veronica, what age is she here? Like, what is happening? Because like you have projected this embodiment of like, I'm a black woman and I know what I want. And this is I was in the middle. I was up to my ears in the canon. I was up in my ears in the cannon. I hated my job. And I had been just like reminded because my whole, my grandma used to watch me when I was little. And she always used to tell me stories about growing up in Mississippi in the 1950s. So she always told me these stories. And then she told me about her mom and then her grandma, I mean, and then her grandmother who would always come because my great grandma had 16 children. So her grandma would be there a lot to help. Mm -hmm. And then just go back, back and back. And there's this, the um, I, the only ancestor that I know by name who was enslaved their whole life was Fanny. And so I, whenever, like at that moment, when I have, I feel like I have to make a crossroads, like, am I about to just go work these jobs that suck? Because that's the only option in order to raise a stable child. Or is there something else I can do? And I was like, Fanny did not live her whole life not being able to make any decisions just for me to not also make the decision. Like that's mm -hmm. literally disrespectful to her. I, I would hate three generations from now if my my predecessor had like eight times as much money as I did and et cetera, whatever gains that we're able to give them was like, well, I'm afraid to do this thing. So I shouldn't, no, do it for me. Whatever it, Whatever you feel like you're supposed to be doing, just like do that for me because I couldn't mm -hmm. um and so it really it really was like it became a really personal been like a personal relationship between me and Fanny like I'm gonna because when I die in the event that I meet her 
I need her to be able to be like, you did that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. thank you. You know? Yeah, because that was very powerful. I was like, I wish, you know, I can show this interview to like little black girls and be like, you you need to follow this mm-hmm. this lady because this is where she is at now. And who knows what's going on? Like, you know, like right there it was an interview, like, you know, you were talking about your music and then yes, your ancestors. And I'm just like, how how did we get here and then faster how can we get here faster so yeah. we can we can empower more children and that's the, the only thing that i was thinking about i'm like cree did this people need to follow cree please <laughs> so that was my favorite you are so cute in that little interview and i'm glad Baby, i found it so wild was my hair like purple no, it was. Short. Or no, it was just cut. Okay, yeah, because Prince died, and I did that, and then Prince died later that year, and I died in purple. But it was like soon. I remember I died. So we only have a couple of questions left, um, mm-hmm. and so one of the things that stands out the most outside of your love for reading is your love for education and spending time in the great outdoors. Your parents made history as being the first in their field, and your mother was the first black female principal in in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Falls, yeah, the Miami Falls School District. And your father was the first black game warden in the state of Wisconsin. What were those conversations like in your home about those two things about education and nature that black folk have, you know, those spaces have been constantly denied us, you know, from experiencing the richness in them. And so what was it like growing up in the house and having those conversations about like these things that white folks say you it ain't for us? Yeah. You know, I have been having like deep meditations about my father lately. He turned 60 in two weeks and he grew up in like the middle of Milwaukee and had a traumatic ass childhood, like just, um, just off bat. And I think about like seeing him on social media is like seeing his interior. Mm -hmm. So um, they cut down a forest close to my parents' house and he just like took a picture sitting by the tree and wrote this like beautiful thing about how unnecessary it was. Um, You know, the great state of Wisconsin has Senator Ron fucking Johnson as one of our representatives and my father like calls him weekly to cuss him out like it's just um and this is like him in retirement and I just think about like um he's also like just kind of a shitty communicator and um super loyal but like I just think about how much softer he would be if he got to lean into how much he loves outside like he just he he love he loves animals so hard and he loves being outside so hard and I just think about what was that like growing up in the middle of a city in the 70s as a black boy mm. um when like you're watching people do god knows what to various dogs and cats and you like instinctively knew that that was wrong mm. so it was just something and you know my grandmother too my paternal grandmother was also just kind of eccentric like in that she like 
also hated visitors like a lot and um (laughs) she she was just so dolls for fun and she read everything under the sun so that's like the person that I'm sure like held him close like and kept him like emotionally as emotionally safe as she could so it was just like from jump it was just how he kind of raised us like I started going camping when I was like five my mom didn't go with us but it was important to my dad and he loved it. And um, it was just, it was, it was like genuinely like the corny special times that they like put on TV of like me and my dad fishing and like walking through nature. And again, he's not a great communicator. So it would be quiet so much of the time, but I was just like happy to be with my dad, just like bopping around. And um, the other part of it is too, is like, I grew up under boomers, right? So like respectability politics had them in a chokehold and um, they're like, my brother is a bassist and all of us knew that from jump, like from 11 years old, like when he got his hands on a bass, he would like spend his evenings like learning Jackson 5 lines because those were like the hard ones. And my parents were still like, what are you going to go to school for? And we're all like, music. Like, what do you, what do you mean? And so <laughs> they just, um, they've come a long way, though. I'm really, um, I, I appreciate that they valued education. I think we've all learned lessons about what that means because they connected education to, like, safety instead yes. of, like, a genuine like interest and passion in a field and I think they've relinquished that since my brother and I have grown up my brother just toured with a Broadway show like he's an excellent bassist and I'm fine and so I think they've and it's I mean you know this is a big deal for some black 60 year olds to be like y'all were right like it wasn't so like for them to be able to do that has been um has been wonderful but it it was a journey like high school was hard me and my mom were at it all like all the time and I I was I held her feet to the fire and just when they thought I was done here came my brother who just was continued so um I commend them a lot for bending with us and um for everything that they instilled around like you can, I think my, my eccentric creativity definitely comes from my father. And then my pragmatic, this is how we're going to get it done comes from my mom. Mm. And I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't have both of those things mm. in me at one time. Yeah. Cause it, it has, you know, watching you post these videos of your family going on these camping trips and, and you talking about homeschooling your children and, you know, it, it really, makes you pause when that was not ever seen as a norm in your home and you're like oh we can go camping like yeah like we can actually go out in the middle of the woods and be okay like do all of these things and Mm -hmm. this is an option like people actually grow up and do this stuff and you know it it is just one of those like reinforcements of yes you know these spaces are for us too it might be a little bit more difficult to get to them you know depending upon where you are but if you can even if it's just your park like just go sit under that tree 
yeah, yeah but it's been a, an inspiration uh because denny yeah. and her family they go camping all of the I'm, all of the time please hold i <laughs> we, we need to correct that fact i should say her <laughs> husband because yeah it was my husband that exposed me to all of that he loves the outdoors and he was born and raised in like he was raised in florida but you know asian parents too so they're like what are you doing what is that why yeah. are you outside it's too hot it's too cold like yeah. what are you yeah, yeah. like what what the fuck you know and he's just like but it's nice and it's like windy and like we're it's 85 degrees and i'm camping you know yeah. and it's kind of like it's also eye-opening so when i would when i told my parents i'm like hey i'm going camping they're like what what is that what is outside <laughs> why yes why why is the biggest question like yeah. you, you guys can't find a hotel like what's going on <laughs> Yeah. Yes. There's yeah. no there's no other beds. Something like that. But also, your father's birthday is in two weeks. He's a he's an Aquarian. So is my dad. I love Aquarius. I love them. I so love my dad. My, and my mom. Yeah. And look at us. Look at us. Yes, two <laughs> days. My dad's <laughs> birthday is in two days. Yeah. He's an Aquarian. He's also the worst communicator in the planet. Ooh, in the planet. It's a trait of theirs. They can't help it. Both Jeez. of my parents are Aquarians. Oh my God, both hard, hard life. Hugs. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how to give them. I don't know how to take them. Cause that <laughs> didn't happen in our home. Like she doesn't like yeah. to be touched. Yeah, cause like, yeah. that's just not. Yeah. My mom hugs like this. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. My mom's it's a Virgo. Hard. You pick. My mom's <laughs> my a Virgo. Mom's a yes, that's why when you said like this, 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 I'm like, yeah. Ooh yes oh man this feels like a therapy session right yes. now are we cleaning oh, after this because that's what you like to do <laughs> no wait the other thing that you all just made me think of is when i was reading the prophets and maggie had to sleep outside with the dogs mm -hmm. i was like this is why black people don't mess with nature like yeah, it's yes. literally like because it was supposed to dehumanize you mm -hmm. and when we like get back to the bottom of it because you know it was all black and brown before this isn't even their shit this right. is indigenous land like this is brown people's land who are outside so i definitely deserve to be out here like i should be out here even before y'all low-key yeah, right so that's been a, um that's been a sincere relearning of mine and me just wanting to like spread the word what was it like to take your, your children out for the very first time camping? Um, so the first time I took, it, it's become a tradition, like at the end of the school year, we go camping. And the first time we did it was when Ethan was in kindergarten. And um, it was, um, he loved it because he was in like his, um, his like entomology era. So it was just like all, <laughs> all little creepy crawly things all the time. So he like had this little notebook, couldn't write nothing, but like had a notebook and would be like taking field notes, like as he's whatever. Scribble, scribble, <laughs> Right. Um, and I'm like, at, from a parent's parental standpoint, it was stressful, but also like Ethan has ADHD and he would be like the only black boy in the class and et cetera. So, you know, doom and gloom every time I talk to a fucking teacher. And so when I, could get him outside I could see him and I was like 
you just need more space classrooms just can't contain you like that's literally it like it's there's nothing there's literally nothing wrong with the way that you process information it's that amy williams does not know how to meet you where you are at right Right. so um it was really like it was also just like a it liberated me when the first time that me and him went and we hung out i was like yeah this is this kid's great 10 out of 10 And they 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 love nature. They have they see they see things that we don't see. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Because we we talked to a teacher. Yeah, Ron Grady. I don't know if you mm-hmm. heard of him, but he um he just released a, a children's book. Yes. What does brown mean to you? And he is a nature preschool educator. Yes. Their whole school is based in Louisiana. Yes. And it's what? all based on nature, being outside yes. with chickens and ducks and all of the things. Making forts, picking up stuff, observing things. Yeah. And it's... I think his book was under under Penguin. I think it was released under Penguin. You check him okay. out. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he's he's wonderful. He's young, vibrant, energy. And Very young. Getting his PhD now. Smart. Uh, smart cookie. Yeah. But also has the passion for children and like... Yeah outside it's like this is where we belong this is where we need to teach the young people because this is like this is the classroom right here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh I love that I love you when people got the child passion you can feel it all you just feel it the Mr. Rogers syndrome I call it you got (laughs) that you feel it it's great all right so our last infamous question that we like to ask everybody that comes on the show and that means from musicians to writers we want to know either your top five favorite books of all time or your top five books that you are very excited about that you want people to know. Or a combination of both. Okay. <laughs> we apologize in advance. Okay. okay, five. Okay, I got it. Okay, no particular order. Okay. okay. Um, definitely Blue Sky changed my life. Um, also, Ursula K. Le Guin is the only white author that I ever invite to the crook out. The word for world is forest also had me in a chokehold. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody swears it's kindred, right? But it's wild seed. Mm-hmm. That's Octavia's mm-hmm. crown jewel. So that one, I hate because I, I, I guess I'm a contrarian about this. But beloved, like it does go mm. crazy. And I just, it's because it's the most famous one and it won the Nobel that I like have an attitude <laughs> that I haven't put that over So <laughs> beloved and, oh, Jesus. I mean, whatever, any collection that includes Audrey Lorde's The Transformation of Science is the Language of Action. Mm. That had me circling back, revisiting conversations that I had with people three years ago. Like, mm-hmm. do you remember that time when you don't do it again? Mm. It was probably it changed me. Well, there you go. It, that one hard. I really feel like she already knew yeah. her five. She knows. I know. She knows. I don't know about that beloved moment. It's so good. She went <laughs> crazy. Like she really went crazy. I just wish it was like a secret. <laughs> But it's not. I don't, I don't know why I want it to be a secret. That's weird. I need to unpack that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
but yeah those are the five well Cree this is this has been such a delight to talk to you you have no idea what this interview means to us uh today um you just like re-energized us you have no idea you have no clue um, maybe you. one day we'll tell you but yes we one just day. want to just say thank you so much for coming on and talking with us about what it is that you do and what you love to to do which is read and tell people you know you can join us you can do it too and it really yeah. it really means the world thank you so much for for coming on happy black history month happy black history yeah. year yes we we doing it for the culture we're doing it for everybody so just thank you so much for all that you do best of luck with a baby please take care Thanks. of yourself because okay. um, it's it's a lot to give out you know just carrying the child and birthing the child so please take care of yourself um you have you know when I watch you I feel a certain way about like how basically literature would be hold literature would be available for people that look like us yeah. because you would continue and I know that you won't stop paving the way for us to be seen mm -hmm. and it's really nice because it's kind of like you know I'm older than you so I'm like you restore like hope that young people would be able to continue to to fight to fight yeah young people like me <laughs> yeah so she you're an inspiration see she can claim it but yes, thank you so much. Um, thank y'all. This was also energized me so much because I just be doing it every day and forget, you know, the day-to-day -day gets can be treacherous. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you for these thoughtful ask questions. Um, I just happy to be here. And we are too. We are too. <laughs> we promise we're not going to be knocking on your door, but if you come back to Florida... <laughs> You're welcome to just see call us. Just first. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I promise I'll pick up on the first ring. I will. <laughs> I will. Perfect. They can just send a text too. We can just text. See? All right. Yeah, that works. Mm -hmm. All right. Until we meet again, you take care. Good night. Thank you. Good night. You too. Rest well. Rest well. We hope you enjoyed our show. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Vulgar Geniuses. Our theme song that you're not in your head along to was produced by Sean Kantrowitz. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Dammit. That's S-E-A-N-D-A-M-M-I-T. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast. See you soon. Deuces. Deuces.